Welcome back. Hello, guys. All right, so hello, hello. We're uh, we're set to go. So uh, you go. Thank you very much for joining us. Welcome tonight. Uh, so this is Future Sight because we've rebranded, uh, and uh, this is the lovely Brandon Owens come on to talk to us about LVO. So thanks, Brandon. Uh, I'm Dan, and this is Evan as usual. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm still Evan. <laughs> still, so you would tell us. But yeah, thanks for coming on, Brandon. Uh, much appreciated. How are you? <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, so, well, obviously, we're we're kicking off we're a little bit late to the show, right? So, LVO was two weeks ago ish, um, but yeah, uh, so uh, trying to trying to catch up, but uh, you know, time zones are what they are. Um, so, if you wouldn't mind, buddy, uh, do you want to give us a bit of a hello and an intro to uh, who you are and how you'll be your War Machine history? Sure, I'm Brandon. I've been playing War Machine for about nine years now. I think I started sometime in 2013. And I started off playing Signar with a buddy who had a battle box, Signar Kido Battle Box. And we learned how to play just the two of us. We didn't really use like YouTube videos or anything. We just read the rule book and figured it out. And uh, which can be painful. You make a lot of mistakes yeah. when you learn how to play the game that way, but not too long <laughs> into it, we, yeah, not too long into it, we found a game store locally that had a thriving group and we started playing there and uh, just learned so much so fast playing with other people who knew the game well. Um, I got very into it very quickly, bought more and more models. I still remember the first model that I bought. It was uh, Jeremiah Cray. And the first model that I painted was a Hunter Warjack. Let me tell you, playing Signar against Kador at low point levels, and the first model you buy is Jeremiah Cray does you no favors whatsoever. No, back no, in no, no that, that's not a good time. Uh, I was know, like, why are the red guys your, broken? Is your, <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Is, yeah, is your buddy still playing? He's not, unfortunately. He, he plays other mini games now. Uh, he played a for a while. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. there's like such a plethora of choice like these days, though. It's like... Oh, there so it I remember, is. I remember when I started, I, I played like loads of GW games growing up and not really played anything apart from like RPGs, like independent stuff. And then uh, one of my mates who, who runs one of the big tournaments over, over here, Blood and Oil, like, oh, I'll try this game out. And we all like picked our factions and he had cricks. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, these undead robot guys look human. And he had it already. I got like boxed into Legion because like they were one of the few that people didn't have. 
Um, so yeah, they regretted that after like a couple of months when I started to actually know what I was doing. I was like, oh, this Lilith girl, she seems pretty cool. And they're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we had two Quicks players. Um, but I suppose in Mark 2, that was uh, equally nightmarish. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I also started on Legion, but there was never a shortage of Legion players because, you know, Legion models are so pretty. There's never it's ever true. a shortage of Legion players. I'll give, I'll give you that. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, um, just come off the, the big win from LVO. How did you do at CaptainCon as well? Um, that was, that was a, a bit of a, a straight into another weekend. <laughs> you won the, yeah. the team tournament, right? You, Justin, and JVM? Yes. Oh, yes. nice. Um, so after LVO, I got back home on like Monday afternoon. I went back to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning at six o'clock. I flew to Providence <laughs> for Captain. Oh, wow. <laughs> so very little rest in between, just straight back to another convention as far away as I can get without going into another country. Yeah. And right. Uh, it's, it's I, cool. I played. Oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it's pretty cool that um that the big cons are are actually like a bit more back in force this year and it's it's nice that you have yeah. got the option to do that. It is after twenty twenty of having almost nothing, like literally nothing for half the year, and then most of the events were canceled for the latter half of the year. Having the year start off with two really good, really big events in the first two months was really cool. Yeah. So I felt. Like, I should That's... go to both if I can, and I did. <laughs> That's a great way to kick the year Just, off. Yeah, land the defeat for the new year. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, let's talk about yeah. LVO itself then. Um, so what's the the general format? So we obviously had a quick chat pre-show, but um, you've got a bunch of uh, qualifiers you get to participate in, but there's... And you, you can just drop, right? So you're, you, you get crushed in the first round. You can pick up a couple of casual games while you're waiting for the next one to start. Is that about right or not quite i'll uh, lay it out for you real quick yeah, on friday they typically have one event that's a qualifier usually it's a champions event this year they didn't do champions they just did it as a regular uh master style yeah. qualifier with no restrictions so that was on friday round one happened from like 10 to noon and then the team event started around noon so I had been planning to play in the team event with two very good friends of mine. I wasn't planning on playing in the first Masters qualifier on Friday. So I showed up uh, oh, like 10 minutes before the round one of the Masters qualifier started, was asked if I wanted to play. And I was like, sure, I'll play one round and then drop. So I, I wrote up a lock real quick and I lock list real quickly. And I played in that, had a great game with a friend and then uh, dropped and went into the team tournament which normally would have more players. Unfortunately, this year it was only two teams. So, oh, that's a bugger. Uh, yeah, we had one round. It was, we had, everybody had a good time at their game. And the best part is that when there are only two teams, both teams are guaranteed to get a sweet trophy. And Tyson always <laughs> makes excellent trophies. You can see one of them in my cluttered War Machine shit. It's uh, oh, like an Elvis cool. in like Warcaster armor holding his guitar oh, over like, his head like a striker. Like a, sword like or something. a striker. Oh, it's neat. Like Elvis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyson is an amazing artist and makes awesome trophies. So knowing that I was oh, guaranteed wow. to earn one of those trophies, and we earned it. Whether we were going to get first or second, we earned it. 
All right, don't tell me that second place is last place. I don't want to hear it. We both earned a trophy. So I was we were excited about that. He, he does like so we play that event. Bonk is like tables and terrains like for the event, doesn't he as well? He oh god. Puts in a lot of work. Um, yeah. Is is he the guy who made those like LED Grimkin themed tables? Yes, and I know his, I saw yeah, online like a while a convergence ago. Convergence one with like, oh, like working clockwork yes. in it, I think. And yeah, yeah. That you can um, see I think he has like it's like amazing work. Um Flight bases, if you've seen them, like I think every every signal, every signal, every that, Crucible Guard player, I that, think, has them on Rocket Man. It's like little, yeah, like, blue yeah, blue they're blue. excellent. Um, if you look at, I think it's um, yeah, figurepainters.com, I think is his website. If you want to check them out, right? Um, yeah, really correct. I, the stuff, uh, those tables I've seen are works of art, yeah, they are, they really are real. So every year at LVO, he brings all of those tables out to the event, sets them up in the event hall, and typically. At least some of the games for each event will be played on them, but you can also just play pickup casual games. On I them if you want. I would just want to play pickup games on that. Like I would actually skip tournaments and just try to play as many games as I could <laughs> on those tables. Like that's incredible. They real they're really cool. They're beautiful to look at. I don't like playing on them so much just because half the time I don't recognize what the terrain is because it's all <laughs> thematic and it and it looks really cool. But it, I'm like. What is this again? What are the rules for this? Is, is that, is that, yeah, is, so is I have to call the judge over and ask instead of a game. Yeah, or is it a farce? I just don't know because it's kind of abstract. <laughs> it's like a convergence thing. Uh, but they look yeah. fantastic. Uh, and mm. we're really lucky to have him uh, and the things that he makes in the game. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, he he brings that stuff. He uh, is a TO, so he runs the events. Often his wife will help him uh, at the event table and does a lot of the majority of the bookkeeping work and players go in and check in which let's be real is probably the hardest part of running a tournament is dealing with all the yeah, players who have to go up cats. and report their results oh. yeah, and you're like okay give me the numbers write them down um <laughs> yeah, and you, then sure, will you, sure you scored 124 victory pro- uh, cps not the yeah, other way around yeah. oh yeah, yeah no. wrong. <laughs> exactly turns out we're not always the best communicators in our group of <laughs> people war machine players so it's like we three try. numbers you need to calculate so at the end of two hours of play. Like it shouldn't be this <laughs> hard, but <laughs> yeah. So um, and then Will Rutan judges the events, and they're an amazing team for running War Machine events. They're fantastic. So day one, there's that one qualifier, and there's a team event, and I only played one round in the qualifier. Typically. In a normal year, you'd have four rounds for the qualifier, and you'd go until you have four people who are undefeated or a top four. Yeah. Day two, there are two qualifiers. There's one that starts in the morning, and then there's another one that starts in the afternoon. The way that it works is that you get to play two full rounds in the first qualifier, and you can drop after the second round and start the, set the third and final qualifier. So if you lose a game in either round one or round two, you can drop and play in the third qualifier. Oh, if yeah, you win awesome. both of those, yeah, then you go to the point of no return. And you play <laughs> the third round in the second heat, you don't get to play in the third heat. Okay, right. That makes sense, right? Yeah. 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 So, so how, did, how did you get through? Which one did you get through on? And so obviously I dropped round one uh, on day one on because Friday, yeah. I was just going to play one game to do the team tournament. And then day two, I played three games in the first heat of the day which is the second qualifier and won all three games and because of the number of people we had that meant that i was one of uh 
one of the number of undefeated that they needed yeah. to get to in order to are you, are you close that at, heat. I'm guessing so. you're, not, you're not locked into playing the same um, lists um, no. in the, in the Masters. No, not at all. Like a thing. You could play a different you... faction if you wanted. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so you can, yeah. Obviously, there'll be people watching um, watching the, the stream and stuff that have never seen like how it used to be, where you could like take um, like different casters from different factions to these sort of events and be like, oh, yeah. They all have these pairing in this crazy format, but um. So what what was your what was your pairing for the, the qualifying then, uh, Brandon? I played the same thing I've been playing for months, which is Lucas and Gearheart, and the Spot Lucas it. list is right. yeah, the two interceptors Lucas list, and then Gearheart is the the Ass Mountain list with all the assault troopers and uh, failed experiments in it. That's an interesting choice because I've seen a lot of people, you know, they reckon Gearheart is, you know, pretty much the standard, and then it's a choice between the Vestro, uh, Lucas. Well, or sorry, Bennett. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I quite, so, I quite like uh, sorry, thing. I was thinking sort of Silvestro. Sorry, Silvestro, um I, They were all, they were choosing between Gearheart and Lucas, not and pairing the two. Yeah. This is a choice, right? You've got you've got a couple of really strong casters that, that can work in different things. I guess it's depending on what you want yeah. to dodge, right? So what's your thinking? What's your thinking pairing them together is what is where I want to get there. That what I are they covering a, together? I think they're a perfect pair. I start with Gearheart because he answers so many things the faction otherwise might struggle to answer. So really strong shooting lists like Kara right. Sloan or Orion. Gearheart in that style of list with all the medium base troops is really strong into those. Right. And it also answers certain things that are otherwise a struggle, like Assyria, for instance. There are a lot of ways that you could deal with Assyria if she didn't have Blinding Light or if Crucible Guard ha- had access to some anti-spell technology, which we don't. Yeah. So Gearheart as Mountain deals with that very well. Uh, right. So, and it, it deals with a lot of other things too. It also asks a relatively difficult question for a lot of players' pairs, which is can you deal with this front line of uh, very durable, medium based infantry that failed experiments and then not get blown off the board by the follow up of assault troopers that are running up right behind them, et cetera? Mm. So, it, it's a good baseline to build your pair. And if I was suggesting somebody start or choose a starting point to build a Crucible Guard pair right now, I would point to Ass Mountain and say, start with that. Because it covers so much that the faction could struggle with. So then you get to pick another caster. And you probably want to play somebody with Rayla's Interceptors because they're really strong. And I think your second list wants to take advantage of some of the other strengths of the faction, which are really strong shooting. And I think that right now you're looking at Lucas or Sylvestro or Bennett for the caster that you pair with Gearheart, and you probably want to put two trains, two interceptors in the list. Yeah. I think Lucas is the strongest of all those casters overall. He has I think that's more hard pools. to argue with. He's just so good. I mean, he has TK, which as a starting point is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty, disintegration. Disintegr- yeah. I mean, TK <laughs> is easily the best spell in the game, and Disintegration is one of probably the top five. So <laughs> between the two. On a caster that can make good use of it, yes. And yeah. the main strength for him is that you can arm debuff any model type any turn of the game because of disintegration, which no other caster can do. Uh, Bennett mm-hmm. can buff your range damage output on models with downrange. So you can hot swap that between two interceptors. That's really good, but it's not the same as debuffing individual models if that's what you need to do. 
Uh, Gearheart can give you plus two against model units on feet turn, but only on feet turn. And Sylvester mm -hmm. can buff the damage of a single unit or model with transmutation, uh, but that's only single unit or model. So yeah. the fact that Lucas can debuff an Archon, both deaf and arm by TKing and disintegrating it, is huge that nobody else in faction can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he obviously has board control between TK and Clouds. He's one of our most survivable casters, actually, which is a stark contrast to how he was before his dynamic update. But now he's yeah. one of our tankiest casters. I was going to say, did you did you play him much in in the before day of Lucas? Or yes, sadly I did. I, I played like Luka. eight games. Played like eight games with original Lucas and came to the very swift conclusion that this ain't going to work. This was not I'm a gonna, good caster I'm back gonna, I'm then back at all. I'm going to go and. Uh, see my girl who's coming downstairs but yeah uh, if you guys want to talk start talking through um your qualifying games and i'll jump back in yeah. a second cool so sure. yeah uh so how did how did the qualifiers look who was your first victim <laughs> there were no victims there were only people who uh, i got to play good games of war machine with and that, the first that, one to be fair they get to judge whether that's true <laughs> I hope that none of them would would say that they were victims after the games that we played. Uh, my first game was against uh, Rask. Uh, I can't remember what Ooh. he had Rask paired with. It was probably Jagger Jogger or Gunbjorn Two or something. It I don't doesn't remember. Doesn't matter. Rask is still by far the top faction, the top caster in their faction. He is the well, top I... faction in minions. He is yeah. minions. Rask uh, is minions. I mean, Azazello had his know. day for a bit, but uh, yeah. It's still Rask. Yeah, Minions has Minions has great options. I think Rask is a really powerful, potent caster that you can do a lot of different things with. He's like the Lucas of Minions, right? He's one of the few genuine um, denial feats left in the game. Yeah. So I was pretty confident he was going to play Rask into my right. Crucible Guard pair. I didn't really want to play Ass Mountain into Rask because he has two Death Archons in his list. And the things you can do with two Death Archons, two Swamp Horrors, one on Barney 2, uh, with Rask. Oh, Barney, Barney's, bases. Horror, Barney's Horror is just disgusting, isn't it? Barney's, I'm, I'm back at Barney's. Yeah. Barney's a monster in that faction, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that, that makes me not want to play Gearheart. That's uh, fair. It makes me... I do want to play Lucas because I have tools to do work every turn of the game, even on his feet turn, potentially. Right. Like, I can't channel under his feet because of the weird way that the feet is written, but with TK being TK, I can still move models really far, my own models, and yeah. with sprays, if he's too aggressive, I can still take pieces off the board under his feet because I can just move one of my own models as a targeting beacon and put multiple sprays downrange on something that I can boost. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the way that game played out, I went first, and it puts him in a really terrible position because if he doesn't feet bottom of one, he's going to lose a crazy amount of things. But you just and if he just off heavies, right? Right, and then after that, he has no reason to feet because I'm already so close to his army, <laughs> yeah. there's no There's point. nothing left yeah. to defend anymore. Yeah, so the rule, I think the rule in War Machine that has very few exceptions is that if you have a defensive feet, no matter how badly you think you need to, you don't feed bottom of one. However, with the way that Rask's defensive feet works, I think if you go second against a fast 
army like Lucas, you have to feed bottom of I, one. I don't think you have a choice. I'm going to challenge that. I think that used to be the case, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago. I think lists have gotten so fast nowadays that that's not true anymore. Oh, as, as in that you should, yeah, so, you should do it, yeah. Or... Yeah, that, you, that if you've got a defensive feat, half the time you actually just need to feed bottom of uh, one. I guess it all depends on the, the table think... and what you're facing, right? And what the defensive feat is. Like, is yeah. it yeah. an armor feat, right? Is it a standoff feat, like Kalissa or Rask? If it's a standoff feat, I think bottom of one, yeah, because otherwise you're not yeah. going to get value out of it because the distance is already too close. So, yeah, I've been playing around with the Coven as well. Same story. Like, yeah, same deal. Exactly. Fast. So if it's a, a feat like that and you're going second and your opponent has parked Rayless Interceptors and a Thamrite Archon and two Rocketman Aces and a Suppressor all like within a few inches of the center line of the table, you're like, yep, I'm feeding turn one. <laughs> Yeah, that that's it. Uh, just, that's what you got to do. Yeah, which which sucks. Like you don't want to have to do that, but it's a reality. So he he feeds bottom of one. He highlight of this his feet turn. He parks a death archon in some rubble. We were playing on spread the net, and the rubble was right. basically parallel to or right behind his flag. So it's about eighteen inches from his table edge. So okay. death archon in rubble, eighteen inches from his table edge. So it ran up eight inches basically. He feeded. And my start of my turn, I'm like, all right, so Barney Zero is up here. If I engineered some stuff, could I kill him? He was like an inch further than it would have taken for me to want to kill him. If I could have TK'd a transfer to walk in range to knock him down, I would have then sent up Rayless Interceptors and shot him off the table, which would have been great for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, not so great for him. Yeah. And this is during Rath's feet, right? So he didn't yeah. do that. He was like, he was like eight and a half, nine inches away from my closest trancer. So I'm like, all right, we're not doing that. I'll just go kill this Death Archon that's sitting in rubble that ran eight inches on his first turn. So I TK my two Rocket Person Aces closer to the Death Archon. They're now within 11 inches of the Death Archon. So the first one walks up to within four inches, shoots its Sky Bomb at him, which ignores cover because that's what Sky Bombs do. Uh, with Dogfighter, I'm a Rat 7. I need a 7 to hit on three dice. I hit. And uh, it's POW 12 on four dice damage because Sky Bomb and Brutal Damage, or sorry, Dogfighter and Brutal Damage. Yeah. So we're dice. He didn't use Mortal Fear because why would you? Turn yeah. one under Rask Feet. Uh, so I'm dice off five on four dice. You get like nine <laughs> or so on average, right? Except my, my dice blow up and I leave him on oh. like two health. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. let's take. Let's take this carbine shot. I don't ignore cover for the carbine. I still get three dice. I need 11 to hit. That's a coin flip. I hit the 11, and I'm dice off seven. I need to roll a boosted nine to kill it, and I kill it. So I'm like, that's cool. Probably shouldn't have happened. It's probably like... I'll take that uh, trade, yeah. A, You'll take it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. probably like a, a 2% chance for him to kill him in rubble like that. Maybe not 2%. It's probably like 5% or something. Um but yeah, Swift Hunter two inches away, Repo five, and then the other ace that I had ready to go follow up and finish a job, she just runs away, and I save her for later for the next one. Uh, and I TK'd one yeah, transfer forward to walk. Great. Yeah. So I TK another transfer <laughs> walk forward through a forest and kill Throg on the other side of the forest under his feet by slamming it into oh. Malvin or something stupid. And uh, oh, passed wow. Her. Yeah. And That's then rough. he does. Yeah. He does his turn. He like sends in Malvin to kill my objective and doesn't have much else he can do because I've just got like a row, a line of things towing the circle 
and I've got a liberate over there in the zone with a, a mentalist using psychokinetic shield. So if he wants to send in a Swampar or a Rassler to try to kill the Liberator, he's going to have to deal with a minus four mat, which isn't great uh, until I mean, he kills that, a mentalist. That really like, is the, the kind of big Achilles heel of Rask. Doesn't like defense buffs. Yeah, and if Rask wants to walk up to within 10 inches of my Liberator and shoot it with a stationary gun, he can do that, but he's going to die afterwards, right? That's sort of the key. Yeah. Um, so he sends his, he sends Malvin into my zone, kills my objective, and doesn't really do a ton else that turn. And then in response, I feat, I kill Malvin, I kill his Rassler that's on Rask, and I kill Barney Zero. And I kill his other Death Archon. I have a stinger behind that's a house that big. just walks into the back of the Death Archon, pokes him at effective mat 9 with a Shadowbind poke, and then sidesteps, pokes him again for a second point of damage, sidesteps and repose into some rubble in his rectangle zone, just to contest and be annoying. And then my Oof. other ace steps from behind the house and just shoots the Death Archon off the table, <laughs> and then repos onto the flag. Yeah, and then I so I kill those other things that I said. Yeah. Okay, so your passed. aces are taking names right now. They, they're too busy killing to take names. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go back later. They'll send somebody back to take the names later. They were on fire that game. To be fair, the second one didn't have to roll that well because the mm -hmm. Death Archon was down two boxes. It was within reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. They, they were amazing that game. And they often are. Uh, so yeah, at, at that point, he played his turn and he was like, I really got nothing. And, you and know, no basically yeah. conceded after that. He couldn't even clear his zone because I had that stinger sitting oh. in the rubble at depth 20. He's got a uh, a wild swamp horror sitting over there that would otherwise be able to get to it, but Barney's dead. And uh, mm. so he he just had nothing that he could do. He couldn't score any points that turn. He didn't even score his flag. No, he scored his flag that turn. That was it. Um, I, I think. No, he didn't. Sorry. I ran, in, I ran my ace onto his flag that turn, and he walked up Scythe with a reroll to try to kill the ace, and he couldn't, she couldn't do it. She needs nines, and she just never hit any of the nines, even with a reroll. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So it, it was a rough turn, a bit, bit rough and them, he but... basically conceded after that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't concede, but he was like, "Yeah, I got nothing. I passed turn." And then I went and scored five points on my next turn. I scored literally every single element and killed his objective. Oh, I didn't score. Did I? Yeah, I scored everything. So two, three. I scored. I scored everything, I believe. So it was. It was very, very over. I believe. Six points. Yeah. So six points. I scored okay. six points in that turn. That's I, yeah. I had four points. I scored six and went up to ten, and it was like super game over. Yeah. That that's um, a ruthless finish. Nasty done. Yeah. Cool. So a, that that was a good way to start. Start, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solid um, start. Yes. Game two, I got paired into Chris Gunther. He's an East Coast guy, really nice guy, playing Circle. And he had a Kruger 2 Chromec 1 pair. And um, it's interesting because I've had this situation a number of times now where a Circle player has Chromec 1 in their pair. And you think that they're going to play Chromec 1 because on paper he's the anti-magic caster, but they don't. Yeah. So he played Kruger 2, and I played Lucas. And that's a matchup I've played before. I think it's significantly better for Lucas now after the update than before because of the changes to Windstorm 
and the changes to the way that the lists are being built a little bit. Like yeah, right. Kruger players are taking Warp Wolves instead of Malvin, and Warp Wolves exist in a space that's easier for Crucible Guard to deal with reliably than Malvin is. Um, because they have more defense uh, and less armor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was a little more familiar with that specific matchup than he was and ended up taking some pieces really early. I won the rule to go first again. He ran his stuff up, and instead of leading with Kruger at the very tip of the spear, he had Kruger like less than an inch behind a warp wolf, basically. Uh, a stalker. Yeah. So I just I killed the stalker top of two and didn't really give him much besides transfers and a stinger. And the game just sort of went downhill for him from that just point. A bit of, just a bit of a grind that he can't recover from at that point. Do, do yeah. you know if uh, if Chris uh, recorded it? Because I know he I think he recorded a bunch of his games to put on Warjacks. Warjacks, I think their 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 club is. Um, it might be on Warjacks games. Yeah, Warjacks games was they're recording a bunch of games. It was. I know he um, recorded the one with Baby Michael, the, the Kruger off they had. I don't know if yes, um, if he so one with you as well. Chris wasn't recording the games. Warjacks. Um, it was Sean and uh, I'm terrible. I think Craig is the name of their other host who was yeah. there recording games. They did record huh. a game between Chris and Michael, but they did not record this game. Oh, I wasn't sure if, if it was Chris was was one of them. That was it. No. I haven't, I haven't got to see. I've, I've no. seen it pop up on my feed, but I've not got around to, to watching it yet. So, but yeah, check, I check have on my list of things to watch. Yeah, the game between Chris and Michael is one that I want to watch. It's uh, it's on my list yeah. to watch. Um, yeah, so I played Chris, and um, like I said, I was a little more familiar with the matchup, so I took pieces early that he couldn't recover from, and then at some point he made a desperation play with Kruger to try to achieve some scenario parity and like walked him up and shot my objective to make sure that it died, and then I killed Kruger the next turn. So, okay, yeah, two games down. Two hey, games down, one to go. Return, like you said, right? And and it's yes, a Kruger. Exactly. It's, a, it's a Kruger down, which is always a good start. Who's that? Who's Agreed. Still, who's every Kruger you put down. Like, who's the every, you have to worry uh, about in the uh, in this round. Uh, everybody. There were so many good players at LVO yeah. that everybody is a threat, right? There's nobody where I get paired. I'm like, all right, this is an easy round. They just don't exist there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So. Okay, so it's a, complete, it's a complete shock tank. That's actually very cool. Yeah, and, and I love it. I love playing against uh, good players. It makes the games yeah. more interesting. It makes them more memorable. I learn more from them. I feel better if I happen to win the game. It's just better all around. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree 100%. That's absolutely true. So round three of the qualifier, I get paired with a guy from the Pacific Northwest Sean and Sean's a great guy. Played with him before, known him for a while. He's playing Trollbloods at this event, and he has Colgrima and Storm of the North paired with something else. I don't remember some troll caster or minions caster. That's interesting. He's playing Colgrima. That's very interesting because I haven't seen Colgrima for a while. She's kind of dropped off a lot of people's radar. It's nice to see her in the UK. In the UK, sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. Online and as you know, well. I look at VTC, etc. Like I'm not seeing a lot of Colgrima. I think minions and Trollbloods players have so many options right now that it's understandable they wouldn't play Colgrima. It's like yeah. being a Signar player and you have options. You're like, no, I'm not going to play Haley too. I've played her so much. Let me play something else because I can mm. now. 
Yeah, kind of yeah, overwhelming. Or if you, yeah, I've only been and she's been a stable for so long. What? Yeah, I've only been forced to play Haley two for about you know eight years. It would be nice to have yeah. a change. Only for literally as long as I've been playing the game. So. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so, um, so you're up against Colgrimmer then. Right, and I I play Gearheart because I know As Mountain is good into almost anything that Trolls is going to present, and yeah. most things that minions are going to present. If it was Colgrimmer paired with Rask, uh, I'd have to think about what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the case, so I how, played how Gearheart. You, and how'd you do into um, like the Madrak three like lists of just all of the dudes swarming across the table? So. Gearheart has the Vulcan, which has Miasma, yeah. which turns off healing in two AoE fours as well as the five deal. of him. Yeah. Yeah. He also has two DBR rockets in my list, which turn off tough with AoE fours and reduce armor. And then I have a shitload of good guns and an incredible amount of good melee. You, so it feels pretty good in the Mad Rack. They're yeah. actually okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, pretty sure that they're not gonna drop it in that case, yeah. Oops, yeah, like okay. if I if I drop some no healing in my Thamrite Archon in the Gearheart list, shoot some things with Death Drivers, and they walk and kill some things. That's just like so many dead models before I start actually punching anything. It's yeah, kind of seems, insane. It's rough for them to, to yeah. think about it. Well, because it, it's it's a terror over here. The Mandrax three list of um, I think probably yeah, I mean, than, seems than good. Magic three yeah. is great. Just it's just fine for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Gearheart list has literally, has literally everything you ever want to fight into them. Yeah. So, yeah, there is no good reason for you to care about that list. Cool. So, how's how's it kick off? What, um, what scenario are you, are you um, up on this one with? Uh, this round was Recon Two, and I won the roll to go first. There is one way that I lose this matchup, and that's if I get Gearheart killed. That's how I lose it. I, I don't oh, really right. lose that matchup any other way. Yeah. I okay. have have an infinitesimal chance of Gearheart dying just as Braves from Colgrima. It's very, very small. <laughs> and I can't really prevent him from getting sprays on Gearheart. What I can do is camp D or cast D cell and camp two every turn. And then it's just this like very tiny chance of him dying to just sprays from her. And I'm happy with right. that. He has two Dire Troll Bombers in his list, so what I need to not do is let him get a crit stationary in Gearheart with Kilgrimma's sprays, and then shoot Gearheart with Bomber gunshots, because it's a PAL-16. And if they hit, right. uh, then I die. Yeah. yeah. So, every turn, my plan to not lose this game is cast D-Cell, Camp 2, use Operations Command, and Body Block Gearheart with failed experiments. If I'm in range of anything. Because right. he's not killing failed experiments with Colgrima sprays. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. kill them, bombers don't draw a line of sight. Yeah. So, and just let my army do the rest of the work. Yeah. Turn three or four, I get to the end of my turn, realize that I activated all my failed experiments, activate all my assault troopers, and I have nothing left to body block for Gearheart. Oh. I've got this one mechanic left to activate. I'm like, well. I done messed up. Let's <laughs> run this mechanic in front of Gearheart and just hope, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the line. He's going to see the line. We both know how this game ends. So let's see if I get lucky. And um, so, like, huge error. I do that. He screwed up the fear in one of his bombers, so it frenzied. So he doesn't have that oh. one available. 
And we talked about it afterwards. He thought it was out of range anyway to walk and shoot, which it may have been. So that might not have mattered. Mm. But lucky for me to start the turn that way. I'm like, so there's a chance (laughs) now. (laughs) Because even even without crit stationary, two bombers shooting at me, they need 12s to hit. Uh, If he hits twice, even just once, I might die. That's four boosted shots. Like, There's a pretty good chance he... He should hit once. There's a pretty good chance he hits twice. Yeah, and so it, if he doesn't hit on the first one, he doesn't get to boost damage, which is nice. But if yeah. he does, uh, that's even worse. That's that's not good for you. Yeah. So one of the bombers off the table because even if he was in range, he frenzied. I'm like, all right. Yeah. The odds are improving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's looking a lot safer. He, uh, not feeling safe, just not feeling like I'm it's not feeling like certainly definitely, definitely dead. dead. Yeah. 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 So uh, if, if I had a hope meter, it started off like at the start of the game around like 80, 90 percent full. As the game progressed, <laughs> it stayed around there. At the end of my turn, it dropped down to 10 percent full. I'm like, I'm probably dead. His bomber frenzied. I'm up to like 20, 30 percent. I'm like, there's a chance now. Uh, he he figures everything out. He he moves his stone up and does the cold aura, so she's plus two pow. Mm-hmm. Uh, cold grandma has to flicker, so she's only going to get two boosts in order to get in range because there were no charge targets that were going to work out. So cold right. grandma gets harmonious, walks up, flickers, and um, does her first spray boost attack. Needs a seven to hit. I'm sorry, needs an eight to hit. Really wants that crit on four dice, drop lowest. Yeah, does not crit. Importantly, <laughs> doesn't even hit. She misses. Wow. She okay. misses entirely. Yeah, which is highly unlikely. That's... Right. Oh, my hope meter goes those. from like 20, 30% up to like 60%. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I might live, but if he crits either these next two, I'm probably still dead. Yeah. So takes the next spray, hits, does not crit. Hope meter is up to like 70% now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if he crits this next one, and he doesn't do very good for damage either. He rolls like some damage. Okay. He he rolls his last spray. It's unboosted. Does not crit. Hope meter goes back Ew. up to like 80%. And then rolls damage and deals like one damage or something stupid. So my hope meter's back up to 90%. You're now. like, this is fine. <laughs> and, well, and what I've got. What, is this very much an yeah, all in from Kogrim? Is she just like in front of. Basically, your oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Absolutely. she's she's spraying she's spraying Gearheart. There is no way she's not dead next turn. Like, yeah, she's standing just... right in front of my army. There's a Vulcan who could practically walk and punch her, if not literally. Yeah. yeah. My next turn. I still have my feet. Like I've got everything. Thamorite Archon. She used her feet the last turn. Like she's got nothing if she fails <laughs> to kill him. Yeah. There's so no he still he still has his bomber. Gearheart's still got like one or two camp and has only taken a few damage. The bomber needs 12s to Hicks okay. and Death 17 with the Mentalist and uh, has to snipe himself. So he walks up, boosts his first shot, misses. I'm base to base with the Mentalist, so you can't yeah. even get blast damage. And then he misses the second shot, so Gearheart lives. Ah, I made a okay. huge error and didn't get punished for it. Super lucky. And uh, Sean identified the correct line, went for it, did it correctly, and just had bad dice and yeah. wasn't able to capitalize on my error. So yep. with that, I yep. got like, lucky that like game. It, I qualified like for, it, for the finals. Like it, it's good every time. That's great. <laughs> it does. Lucky <laughs> saves you from dumb mistakes. Uh, fortunately, because I, I felt nice. bad that like I screwed up and Sean just got hammered by bad dice even worse, that Sean also qualified as an X and one 
that's cool. They oh, qualify nice. for the, the finals on Sunday. So I feel good about that. Um, so with that, I was done. I didn't have to play in the second heat or the, the third and final heat, the second yeah. one that day, which is nice. And then did you, was it the team tournament on the, the Friday you said, didn't, wasn't it? Yeah, which is just one round. I played Gearheart into a rep player. He had Gareth one in Shadows paired with something else. I don't remember what the something else was right now, but he played Gareth in Shadows. I played Gearheart. And uh, it was a fun game. I killed a bunch of stuff. And uh, he killed a few things. And then I killed a bunch of stuff. And then he killed a few things. And then I killed most of the remaining stuff. And he looked for a line to assassinate. Gearheart couldn't find one, so sent in Gareth to kill my Thamrite Archon and feed it. So Gareth oh, is sitting okay. up there in melee with two assault troopers. And just to, to like adequately set the stage, I still had everything in my army minus like maybe six or seven of my fill experiments and like an assault trooper or two were dead. And I had almost everything else left. So a lot of punches. He had, yeah, he had Gareth Two Spears of Syrah <laughs> and like Silas at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so just Ma- maybe like something else. I don't know. Like a proper all or nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so with blast damage, like Major Strike Force die pretty reliably. <laughs> if you Very put easily. Blast damage, blast damage boosted from Hotshot into them. Um, they get zoned by Eruption of Ash really well, which I can generate with Assault Troopers and the Thamorite Archon, so they can't just walk through it. And they're not mm-hmm. good at killing Assault Troopers or failed experiments with their guns. Like, turn two and three, they shot at failed experiments, and I think Basically, they two full units. There's, there's very little for them to do, and everything kills them. It's not a good day for them. Yeah, like, they'll kill failed experiments, but it takes all their CRAs to kill, like, one or two a turn. Yeah, exactly. Maybe three. And that's what they did. Um, but yeah, the, the attrition game was not in his favor, and it didn't play out that way. So we get to this point where Gareth is like, I have one last chance to try to make something happen. So I can't... He couldn't quite get a line on my caster. So he... The next best thing is get in my face, feet, and hope that you're alive to kill me next turn, right? And that's yeah. what he did. So he got in my face, he feeded. He's in melee with two assault troopers. Those are the only two assault troopers I have that can walk and punch him. And then I've got my Vulcan that can is in range to shoot him, Gearheart that's in range to shoot him, and a DBR that's in range to shoot him. So right. I have to figure out my assassination. I can't spend any focus or cast spells in his control. I give um, Isla's sight to the DBR from Alice, because that's out of his control range for casting spells. I run a failed experiment around this rough terrain, like up and around this rough terrain, and then nestle into this little spot where if I slam him forward, he's base base with Gareth, and I'll be able to knock Gareth down. <laughs> so I don't want to have to... I could just walk the assault troopers out of melee and then shoot Gareth directly, and he's def 17. But yeah. I want those assault troopers melee attacks if I can. I don't want to activate them first. So I get the failed experiment there. Uh, Gearheart walks up. To within eight, eight to within eight inches because I can't upkeep snipe. I give myself bloody well done, so I get another die to hit. I'm in the failed experiments back arc, so I need uh, an eight on three dice to hit it. I hit it with my momentum yeah. gun. Get slammed over Gareth. Gareth is now knocked down. I feed it on him, and these two assault troopers just go to work dismantling <laughs> him with their power fourteen yeah, weapon master. Two strikes each. 
uh, auto hitting hammers. Yeah. So they turned him into an eruption of ash, and that was the end of that game. <laughs> Just as, as the elf, a... as the elf deserves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he won't have to worry about. He, did, he used to have heightened reflexes, right? He doesn't have it anymore. It used to be. Oh, Grant, to yeah, he probably did have that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was about the changes. <laughs> That's rough. Cool. So that, yeah, that was, he's a, he's a solid caster now, but it's real nice when you can boost without having to spend focus to boost against somebody like that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, cool. Yeah. So, so a, a couple of successful days. What did you do with the rest of Saturday? Did you just like pick up casual games with your buddies and go out for, for food or take it So easy? after I was done, a little, a little of all of that except for the casual games. After I finished my last round on Saturday, I still had friends playing in the second heat of the day, the final heat, which only ended up going two rounds because there weren't as many people signed up for it. Thanks, COVID. Uh, but that's fine. It means everybody gets to be done early. So there, there were going to be two rounds. I watched some friends play to see who qualified from that round. And then after that, we went out to dinner and um, hung out, took it easy, had a good time, and then went to bed early, as I do when I go to tournaments. I think if I, think I can. If you, you want it, right? If you want to have uh, your best shot at actually winning it, you don't want to be like partying at like three in the morning and all out of bed we, underneath the table. I mean, that, that yeah. was never my experience with mates in SA. Like, <laughs> with everyone who won a tournament was typically up to 3 a.m. the night before. And like, there are people who can do that. Well, usually we've usually we'd end up, you know, one person has got whoever's doing it has like one list that is hangover proof. So, like, <laughs> in Mark 2, this was, you know, you played Scar 1 with all the infantry. That was hangover proof. Like, if you're playing yeah. Maylock, you know, Maylock in, uh, in Minions, run forward and feet and just watch them clock. You don't need to be awake to watch them do that. <laughs> to, to be fair, Ass Mountain is that kind of list. So I could <laughs> do that. But the important key is that I don't enjoy myself if I feel like shit the next day and I have to play that a That is a much so better reason. That I'm fully behind. You're going yeah. through all this effort and money to be there. No, you must enjoy yeah. it. You're going through all that effort to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So took it easy and went to bed early on Saturday. Very cool. So then so Sunday, is, yeah, Sunday, so Sunday just, rolls around. The, the masses on the Sunday? Yeah, so the line of sight guys were running some other tournaments the whole time. So they had other stuff going on. And I think there was meant to be like a Warcaster. They did a Hughes the Boss at some point. So there were other War Machine things going on, but the main tournaments for like 75 point War Machine on Sunday, it was just the finals. Yeah. Plus casual games. I'm sure people played casual games. So there were 16 of us. Um, 16 of us, when round one pairings go up, I was very sad to see that my round one pairing was against Eric Eicherman, who is one of my best friends, lives here in San Diego. We play all the time. We're part of the same team, right? So no matter what, it was going to be a round one team kill. One of us was going to knock the other one out, and neither <laughs> of us was happy about that. Ah, but that's that's he, awful when that happens. It is. Um, but he's he's a great player. He's incredibly fun to play with. So on the one hand, I'm excited I get to start the day playing a game mm-hmm. with Ike. On the other hand, we're both really sad that we have to start the day 
knocking the other one out. Yeah. So um, that was our, our pairing. He's playing Mercenaries. Uh, and this is cool because I'm playing Ass Mountain is one of my lists. He's playing Ashland 2 with two units of Ash Troopers, which is known as Ash to Ass, uh, which is also a great list. Yeah. I see you putting your head in your hand, and I, I can only imagine it's because of how excited you are to Maybe, learn that that cool. list exists and is really good. The Navy it's Ashland 2 with two Ash Troopers. It's Ash to Ass. I don't, it's I don't, Ash to Ash. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, what it yeah. is, right? So... <laughs> uh, and it's a really good list. Very good list. He's also got two Thamrite Archons in there. Uh, it's a it's a really strong list. So we ended up playing Ass Mountain against Ash to Ass. And it was a long, grindy game. And um, in the end, I outground him, and he went for an assassination that failed after going for a scenario play that failed. And right. the, thing about, the thing about Ash to Ass is at any point, your caster could just die. <laughs> because he has two Thamrite Archons, he has Hero to the People, Hero for the People to the People, whatever it's Get called. Where if Ashlyn, yeah. yeah, Ashlyn kills a model, her whole army gets plus two to attack rolls. So Rat Nine Thamrite Archons, one of them uh -huh. with Hand of Fate, one of them with a reroll from Eilish, and then both or one or both of them speed nine because of True Path. So it's like you're never safe, really, no. if you're relying on defense. And you're never safe, really, if you're relying on armor. You need some just ridiculous numbers to feel really safe. So mm -hmm. in that game, like one of the key decisions I made is I parked Gearheart completely within some rubble on turn two. Literally never left it the entire game. As long as Thamrite Archons live, that's Gearheart's home. He lives there. <laughs> yeah, or right. he might just die. <laughs> yeah, so like Thamrite Archons, without Hero to the People, they're at seven. They need boxcars to hit him in rubble. And the whole time, I'm like, well, they'll probably hit some of the boxcars with Hand of Fate and re-rolls, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, re yeah. yeah, you you get Hand of Fate, and you get to re-roll the Hand of Fated re-roll. And then with Eilish, you get another re-roll. It's not that hard to hit a string of 12. Uh, at least that's the thought process if you're playing Gearheart. With Hero to the People, they need 9 or 10s to hit. Hand that, of Fated re-rollable 10s. Yeah, that's suddenly quite dangerous. Oof. Yeah, so you just you assume they're just going to hit most, if not all of them, you right? You assume you're so, dead if you let yourself be dead. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like playing against Colgrima without the body blocking. I'm parked in this rubble. I live here. I, I'm not allowed to go anywhere else. I'm basically a structure. I can't move uh, <laughs> is the way that it works. And you cast D-Cell and you camp too. That's what you do all game. And you keep a mentalist nearby as long as you can. Uh, if there's a mentalist and you can't kill the mentalist, you're, you're deaf 21 so then they might miss, right? Like, you need boxcars, still, they might miss. But he also has a, um, a trick shot dude. No. Yeah, a trick shot dude in the unit to kill mentalists really well. So he killed one of my mentalists early on in the game. Point is, that's, that's Gearheart's MO, MO all game. Sit in rubble, God. diesel camp too. He gets to the point where he gets to take his run. It's like, all right, one Thamrod Archon has a reroll from Eilish and Hand of Fate. The other one does not, but they both have Hero to the People, and they are both speed 9. They're both going to get there. And he walks up, takes his shots, and doesn't kill Gearheart. It's actually fairly low odds under the very specific scenario that I've described. Mm. But if Gearheart like, doesn't cast D-Cell or is camping 0 and, and or is not in the rubble, like it's high odds because that's it's a lot of rerolls in Hand of Fate. Um, but so he doesn't pull it off. So I win that game. I feel bad and I'm heartbroken that 
Ike has now lost his first round, and it's my fault. <laughs> but I'm uh, but I'm also excited that Ass Mountain beat Ash to Ass. <laughs> That's good. Ba- baby Michael, on. by the way, uh, Brandon you beat asks, Ash. Baby Michael asks, uh, why why does your confetti cannon arm? Why is it so efficient at rolling dice? Uh, it's not that it's so efficient it's that the regulator is broken so it has one mode and that's confetti cannon are you are you the reason why baby michael is like scarred from from lvo it, uh, <laughs> no, confetti cannon no, no, i'm like, not uh, no, that, that was that was brad's them. fault all right that, that was yeah. brad's fault <laughs> of of all the people who baby michael lost games to at lvo i am not one of them we didn't get to play at LVO. <laughs> um, but my my dice throwing is a meme in some circles. Uh, I throw with, with Gusto, with Wild Abandon. Uh, I like to see the dice roll. And have you, have, have some people find... Have trays that's like got to have high sides to make sure they don't like rocket across the room? Or... No. What I do, I have a pregame speech I always tell people. You know, like we all describe how we play the game, how we roll our dice, etc. I have I have a dice tray. Uh, it's uh, right. actually, actually, I like it. It's a fun dice tray. Uh, one of my friends, Adam Stewart, made it for me and a bunch of our other teammates. This is my dice tray. Oh, like, cool. The corners nip up. Yeah, I'm yeah. Team trash dolphin. So <laughs> I put that on the table. Sweet. Yeah, I pointed I pointed out and I tell my opponent, all right, this dice tray is a target. It's just a target. I aim for it. As long as the dice are on the table somewhere, in the tray or not, it's I, fine. Yes, and, the, saw, and they're like, the why do you... Wh- yeah, they're like, why do you have a tray? I'm like, because if I don't aim for something small, I'll miss the table. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah. Mode, yeah. So do you have to, like, you know, play snooker games, like, where's your dice tray that when it bounces out, you're not knocking models all over the show? I do try to control the angle. So like I'll position the tray so that the like overspray area is ideally not going to go off the table and or hit other models when I can help it. Um, I can't tell you why I roll dice like this. I have theories. My main theory is that uh, I, I hate, I hate dice games in general, right? Like it's a wonder I play war machine. I hate dice so much. It's just an aspect of the game that I tolerate because I like the game. Otherwise um, that's fair. so it, if I don't roll the dice well, like, I mean, if I don't actually give them a good roll and a shake and a roll, and they sh- end up not being numbers that I like, even though it's still random, it's going to bother me psychologically. You, you've got to work for those dice mm-hmm. to get good rolls, is what you're going at, right? You've got to make Good them or bad. <laughs> good or bad. As long as I worked for them when I, yeah. when I rolled it. I feel okay with the results. I know that it's not that I didn't roll well enough. It's just that's how the dice randomly landed. If I don't roll them aggressively, the I guess. Yeah, if I don't like actually roll the fault. dice and they come up snake eyes and like, I didn't roll well enough. I need to roll them harder. Right? It's just a psychological thing. So I just end up rolling um, with a lot of enthusiasm. Okay, and that's just, like that's just a part of the way I play the game now. And and it is a meme in some circles, and uh, and I understand it. So <laughs> that's great. Cool. Yeah. So so you're, you're on kind of a high, but a little bit bummed out that um, your, your buddy's being knocked out by you. But um, I guess that means you guaranteed someone to watch your games, right? Through the no the rest of the day. Oh. He um he decided to stay in to not drop and keep playing, which I support and encourage. 
Yeah. And we actually had a fantastic game too, to be clear. Like he says it was his best game of the weekend. It was certainly one of my best games of the weekend. And neither has had any regrets from the game. We had a lot of fun. It was a high caliber game. And I told him afterwards, I think it was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. He just played really well, which was which is I'm excellent. Gonna, I'm going to step back and be with Evan to to go for the next game, but I should be back <laughs> in a second. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sure. And, and you know, it's I'm sure you all have friends who play the game, and you all share in each other's success and achievements, right? And it's Absolutely. one thing for you, yeah, it's one thing to win a game yourself or to feel like you played a good game yourself, and it's a whole nother level of joy to see a friend of yours perform really well even if it's against you like it just makes you feel good so i really enjoyed that especially because i've you know spent a lot of time working with him on his list and like we've spent time figuring stuff out and and working together and and trying to improve as players and to see that come to fruition at a big tournament in finals i just had like a proud papa moment and it was great (laughs) and then i was like by the way i'm gonna kill your caster but i'm a proud papa so <laughs> so that oh, was cool and cool. he decided to stay in and not drop which i was excited about you know you make it that far play your games yeah Enjoy play your games i'm always so i'm of two minds of that like if there's another event to play then i can sort of uh, then i can get behind that but if i go to an event it's to play games like yeah. it doesn't matter if i can't hit a podium i'm there to play games like i've paid the money i've taken time off work potentially (laughs) it's something you enjoy so play the damn games and have fun i agree completely as long as it's fun keep playing if you're not going to enjoy yourself don't regardless of whether you won or lost the game i i'm going to be a little more critical i gotta ask why why you're playing if you're not going to enjoy playing the games I'm a, I do have to ask, I guess, I guess ask so a bit of a point question right, there. If someone's playing to like clock you and it's just frustrating, or or they're just yeah. or there's just things that go wrong that, that shouldn't. Where you're like like you, every, I, I every dice roll for well, you I mean, is bad, every dice roll for them is good. I mean you that know, happens it, before it, right. that happens during a game, but like yeah. if you're dropping before, you've got no idea that's going to be. The I know, case. but I mean, I mean, if, if you found like you know, what you thought was you've played a perfect game and then. Just, just a calamity of errors mean that you like <laughs> had an awful game rather than the good game you thought you were going to have. And yeah, sometimes people just just want to step aside right for a bit and you just want to. Okay, go with, they maybe. Paid their yeah, I, I, I've never. I don't think I've ever dropped from a, a tourney, but I, I, I get it that nah. some people will be like, yeah, they need to step away and have five minutes, or or just go. I'm done for the day. It's not. Uh, I, I, I've I've done it once, but I took that as a hint. I needed to stop playing Warhammer Fantasy. That I was done with the system. Like, if I'm prepared to stop because I'm not enjoying the games, like, learn something from that. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, a uh, more common scenario that we kind of talked about earlier is when people stay up until three or four o'clock the night before and get a little crazy with the oh, bottle, fair. and yes. then <laughs> next day. They're like, all right, I have to play. They lose a game. They're like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go Back to get bed. some yeah. Pedialyte, hook it up to an IV, and take a nap. Like, <laughs> That's a situation where you might okay. not be enjoying your games. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I yeah. avoid that because, again, I, I don't want to be in that situation, you but that a lot of people yourself. don't. So Yeah. So who, did, so who did round two look like? Round two, I get paired against a guy named Matt from the Midwest. Uh, great dude. Plays Signar. I played with him recently at an East Coast event, 
late last year, and uh, we talk, we chat a lot about the game. Um, so we get paired. He has striker two in Storm Division, and he has striker one in Flames in the Darkness. And I'm pretty confident he's playing striker two based on previous game he played of Ass Mountain against striker one Flames, and it's not a good matchup for striker one. And um, striker two in Storm Division, I think we talked about it at some point. He mentioned that's his Crucible Guard drop. So pretty confident he's playing that. I play Gearheart because that's still, I think, the better drop overall into his pair. And I win the roll to go first. We're playing on, is it Invasion that has a center rectangle and two circles? Uh, or is that the you other know, one? You might, whatever the name is, I think you've just described the scenario well enough that it doesn't matter. Yes. So let's just call it Invasion. So point conveyed, that's the scenario. <laughs> center rectangle, two circles. Two circles. And yeah. I win the roll to go first. I standard going first, except sometimes if my opponent doesn't have any credible guns for bottom of one, instead of casting D cell turn one, I'll cast boundless charge on myself and charge forward just to get 10 inches up the table. So I do that because I want board space because he can't shoot me that first turn. And there's also some rough terrain right in front of me that I want to get through. So I boundless, I charge up Uh, his first turn. He casts D cell with striker, puts striker into a trench completely has Dreyfus in front of him completely in the trench, and has two Battle Priests within three inches of Striker behind. So pretty solidly bunkered defensive caster. Striker's yeah. sitting there at def 20 against guns, arm 18 with uh, four with three three focus and two shield guards. So pretty tanky. Um, you just described someone in front of him and you have a momentum gun. Yeah, but Dreyfus is also in the trench. He's def 17. Oh, is he also right? in the trench? Okay, so not so terrible yeah. then. Yeah, but you hit on the key point. I do still have a momentum gun. <laughs> Remember that game against... Yeah, Where I ran a failed experiment from 16 inches away mm-hmm. to go base with this caster. Start of turn two, top of two, I'm looking at the table and I'm telling him, all right, I think I might be able to kill your caster. Let's figure this out. I put a proxy base to see if I can fit it base to base of the striker without getting bumped into other things first, I can. Mm-hmm. So I can get a proxy base, base to base of striker and Dreyfus. And I measure it and it's easily within 16 inches of a running field experiment because that's really fast. And turn one, yeah. they ran almost 16 inches at the table. Okay, yeah. So you can do that. That's, that's cool. Solid. Mm-hmm. There's a forest in between me and striker. So I have to check the angle of walking Gearheart to get line of sight to the failed experiment and a striker and to be within 12 inches of both. I check, I can do that, cool. Next thing I check, can I walk the Vulcan to within spray 10 of striker in line of sight easily? He's like 14, 15 inches away from the Vulcan, cool. Two more things I check. Can the DBR walk up and shoot Dreyfus without being an obstruction to the rest of my models after repost? Yes, and can the Thamrod Archon walk up and shoot striker? Yes. Oh, uh, we've got a very high high odds assassination. That, now, yeah, so. this is a good assassination at this point. So I upkeep hot shot. I allocate um, two to the Vulcan. I run my failed experiment into place. I give Gearheart. Uh, did I give him anything? I don't remember if I use Alice for anything. It doesn't matter. Gearheart walks over, feeds on Striker. Uh, I swap my gun to the detonator. I didn't get a second shot because the Mentalist was standing in the way and. Clog was in rough terrain, so I couldn't quite walk to within five. Uh, but I swap my gun to the detonator. I walk up. I shoot the failed experiment in the back. 
with bloody well done. Uh, I think I also boosted attack. So I need a four dice eight to knock him to momentum and forward, which I hit. Gets slammed over a striker. Striker is knocked down. Striker takes a pow 15. I don't get the feet for it because it's collateral, but dice off one, unboosted. Uh, I would otherwise take a second shot at striker, but I can't do that now. That's fine. Then my DBR walks up, shoots Dreyfus, because the battle priests are not within three of Dreyfus. So he can't shield guard the Withering Humor. So I land Withering Humor on Striker. He goes down to arm 16 with D-Cell, oh. and I'm up to pound nine because of feats. I'm off seven. I don't recall if I did any damage. Probably not. Fun step next. Stammered Archon walks up, has three shots. He has two shield guards. I shoot Striker with a Death Driver. Gets shield guarded. Battle Priest does not oh, pass no. his cuff. Walks into the butt of the other battle priest and Kills swings at him. Kills, oh. He doesn't kill him, but he toughs, so now he can't shield guard. So two shield guards <laughs> taken out with one shot. And then I pop two more into striker at power 14. Don't get the feet for that because it's not faction, but dice off two. Um, so get some damage. And then the Vulcan walks up. No shield guards. Gets four sprays. I need not once to hit. Two of them are boosted attack. All of them are boosted damage at uh, straight dice because power 16 from yeah. feet against arm 16. That's so, striker. Yeah. He died, I think, on the second, maybe the third shot. So oh, that game rough. was over pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, Matt's a great sport, though. And uh, not salty at all. He's like, yeah, forgot about the momentum gun. Won't do that again. And I believe him. I don't think he will. So, <laughs> it's a hard lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's two down, two more to go. Very cool. And I got a nice long break because my first game it took like an hour and 55 minutes to resolve or an hour and fi- almost two hours to play. Right. And, and we that, went that's straight dra- into the next round. Yeah, that's quite draining. So at yeah. least now, what was this, a top of two assassination? Top of two. So we had yeah, spent so maybe like quick. 10 minutes combined, 15 I'll, minutes I'll combined on the clock. In a minute. <laughs> Have a sure. He's been good. It was nice that that game was round was over kind of quickly. So I had some time to, to chill out. Uh, some of my friends were, were leaving. So I walked out with them and hung out for a bit before saying goodbye before they flew back to Colorado. Um, got some oh, fresh okay. air. As, as fresh as the air gets in Vegas when everyone around you is smoking cigarettes, that is. Um, are they still are they smoking? Are they smoking indoors in Vegas still? They are not in the convention area, but the rest of the casino where any of the gambling machines or anything. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah. So the convention area is free of that, but as soon as you walk outside, people are huddling around the doors smoking cigarettes too. So. Yeah, I Um, don't miss people smoking indoors. I gotta say, like. (laughs) No, neither do I at all. It's one of the things I hate the most about Vegas is all the cigarette smoke. Yeah, uh, my lungs don't don't enjoy it. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that round ended soon and ended early. I had some time to relax and just hang out and socialize and unwind a little bit after that really long but fun first game against Ike. That's and, nice. And you uh, get yeah, you get some time to just wander around, watch a little bit snippets of a couple games. Yeah, maybe even watch machine is always it. enjoyable. It is. It's like there's none of the none of the pressure on it as well. It's like, just sometimes there is. <laughs> I, I watch friends play, and I'm like, do they see it? 
do they see this move? They have to do it. If they don't mm. do it, I'm going to be so upset. And then they don't do it. I'm like, why? Um, <sighs> oh, God, yes. So sometimes there's that little bit of pressure when you watch your friend play and you really want them to do well. And mm-hmm. you're like, they're missing the line or they like do something stupid. And now they're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Like that's how somebody would have felt if they were watching me play against Colgrim. They're like, you fool, you're going to die. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, um, or, or your mate's forgotten a, a, a rule on his own models. Like, no, no, mm-hmm. you're not wise. You can't tough. No, that's Fenris. Mm-hmm. He can't tough Fenris. Fenris can eat your army. Just do it. Let Fenris yeah. eat. <laughs> or, or more mistakes I've made. Like, watching somebody apply eruption of ash damage to their own models when it gets put into play. That's not oh, how it works. No. When I started playing again in April after taking a year off of the game, uh, I was playing Assault Troopers and was making eruption of ash damage rolls against my own models, against like failed experiments. It wasn't oh, really wow. hurting them because it's dice off three on one dies. So, like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it took damage. After the game, one of my friends was like, so come here, uh, you're an idiot. It doesn't work that way. You don't have to roll against your models. Like, thanks. Yeah, I, t- I knew this. I knew this. I forgot this. <laughs> and was just doing it wrong uh, in, in the heat of the moment playing a game. So. I appreciate the reminder. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not telling me during the game. That is correct. Thank you for telling me after the game. I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, so uh, that uh, it sounds like Daniel's back. I am, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. We have, okay. a, we have yeah, a return, the, Dan. Yeah, the... the, the... <laughs> the, the pain of a three-year-old that's had a half an hour nap and is now like ready to go for another twenty-four hours, apparently. Which is really good girl, so I can't I can't complain too much. Shame. It's like who are you talking to? I'm like back to sleep. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, carry on. Internet friends. Yeah. So yeah, so round three I get paired against uh Conan, who's playing my identical list pair. And oh so just a step back for a second. After round two, there are four players left in the finals. It's me, Conan playing my identical list pair, uh, Dave Bergstrom playing Retribution, and Roy Mavro playing Retribution. So there's a twenty-five or a thirty percent chance I could get paired against Crucible Guard and Mirror, or against a Retribution player. I guess it's twenty-five percent chance I get CG, seventy-five percent chance I get Ret, right? <laughs> uh, something like that. You do numbers. Right. I don't. I don't play War Machine to do math. Okay, I just I read the the pips on the dice and I add them up. <laughs> like sixty. And then I, and then I ask my point. opponent, "Did I hit? Is he dead?" Like that's yeah. So, anyway, very good chance of playing against Rhett if it was completely random, and smaller chance of getting the mirror. Uh, Conan and I both know what the mirror is like. Nobody wants to play the Ass Mountain Mirror. It's not enjoyable. We'd both rather play into Rhett. <laughs> And of course, both the rep players are like wishing us upon ourselves, which I understand. <laughs> so, really, sadly, I, I'm we not get feeling a whole lot of sympathy for Rhett. Like, Helis <laughs> is a monster right now. Felsir is just utter bullshit. Like, I'm I'm not feeling like a whole lot. Like, these are the underdogs. No, they're not. I'm not saying they are. Rhett's in a fantastic place, but, but when you're looking at Ass Mountain, which yeah, and Ass Mountain is pretty good into most things that Rhett has to offer. And it's right. also just the kind of list. Like it, I call it Ass Mountain because it's Assault Troopers in a Meat Mountain style of list, like Meat yeah. Mountain yeah. from Mark II. And if you remember that, you see that. You're like, yeah, you, you guys go play against each other. Nobody wants you mm-hmm. at our table uh, on our I, playground. So. We, in our little grudge match, I, I had the fortune earlier of watching 
Callus 1 play into Madrak 3. And just the two of them fucking deserve each other. Like, that's yeah, exactly, exactly it. <laughs> Seriously. So when it's, me, when it's me and Conan with Ass Mountain in the, <laughs> the top the final four, everybody else is like, yeah, you guys deserve each other. You should get the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> same feeling, same sentiment. sentiment. And that's what happened. So we got the mirror. And we, we both walked to the table. And it's like, all right. We both know we're playing Gearheart. Let's get this over with, I guess. Uh, and he's a great guy. But so it's not dreading playing the game with him. It's just nobody, neither of us wants to play. Neither of you like the game that's about to happen. Yeah. So uh, we do it though. I go second because I lost the role. And that game largely comes down to who is able to play the game faster, really, because there's a, it's a long game. There's a lot of clock pressure. And then like some other subtle things in that matchup that are good tricks and tips you want to use. Um, that I, I'm not going to get into too deep. I've talked about it in other places. And if people want to listen to me talk about the Ass Mountain Mirror, just send me a message and I'll give you a list of advice. List number or item number one on the list will be don't play the Ass Mountain Mirror <laughs> if you can avoid it. <laughs> my my tip, if you are... Have a, have a gentleman's agreement that you both just play your off list and be done with. No, literally, literally. I mean, after the game, I, I said to Conan, if we have this again, let's just gentleman's agreement to have a lucas off and he was like 100 percent. that's what we'll do next time because <laughs> that's just going to be a far more enjoyable game for both parties yeah. and it's going to end quicker and not like just drain all of your your energy and lifeblood all over the table and into <laughs> the clock sense. and then make you want to take a nap afterwards uh, which is what that agree. mirror is otherwise like so <laughs> anyway we played the game it was long it was a good game and I ended up getting a significant clock advantage over him somewhere in the mid game and was able to ride that out to a scenario, scenario you, slash on, death clock victory in the end. You've been on Crucible Guard for, for a good long while, right? And Conan's changed as his main faction. Yeah, he just picked it up. For weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he picked it up, I want to say, like a month or two before LVO, maybe two months. Yeah, somewhere, know, you, you yeah. somewhere around there. Somewhere weekend on Kador and was saying, like, because yes. he, he came on and talked to us. And he was saying, yeah, it's now Crucible Guard after that event was planned all along. Yeah. So. yeah. I think he's had to relearn so, how to play because he was just piloting Death Jib at people and, you know, just <laughs> running at their faces. Turns out when you just run Doom Reavers, all you got to <laughs> do is run Doom Reavers. Run, well, run Doom Reavers and run Armor 22 Kador Jacks. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, the so, hango- it's two hangover lists. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So instead, he picked up CG and is playing Ass Mountain, which I highly recommend. Uh, which is just run failed experiments and assault troopers at your opponent. So um, to be fair, the list does have a lot of nuance. And it's it's the got skill, a lot the skill floor. Yeah. Yeah. The skill floor, like it's very potent with relatively little input, but to unlock the upper shelf or tier of effectiveness of the list it does take a lot of skill and nuance yeah like a lot of lists a, but yeah it, it is easy to apply it as a blunt instrument in a lot of matchups and be decent with it so right that's a nice way anyway that's where you get into the faction if you're looking absolutely so we both applied our blood instruments on each other and uh <laughs> turned out mine was a little more blunt so, i i ran out of time uh, a little bit slower than he did in that game. I was just a little more <laughs> fluent with it, I guess. Yeah. 
Oh, and uh, yeah. afterwards, we both had a concussion and needed to sit down. It was, it was great. Yeah. You know, with the the rec guys, did they have similar lists to each other, or or? I uh, so David had Kalissa and Gorshade four. Yeah. And I think right. Roy had Assyria, and I think Gorshade four. It's been a lot of uh, Shade uh, four. He's really come into his own. Yeah, Shade four is very strong. Yeah. And. I think my understanding is that Assyria is advantaged into a Kalissa shade for pairing. And um, David lost the mirror. I couldn't tell you what kind of game it was. I didn't watch it. And I got minimal. I asked him about it a little bit later. I don't don't remember what he said. But it was not the same as a game that we played, uh, that that Conan (laughs) and I played. I can tell you that. So... Yeah, that game yeah. also went like the wire, right? There were, hmm. I think, less than six minutes combined on the clock when the game ended. Oof, right. And uh, I had to go straight into the final round after that, playing against Roy. Oh, that's brutal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I took a few minutes. To, you know, I went to the bathroom, walked around a little bit, had some water, stretched out a little bit. You know, you, you build some tension up in your body when you're yeah. playing a game that comes down to the final few minutes and whatnot. So I took my time, but yeah, I go straight into the next game without any real meaningful length of time to break. Uh, absolutely. And the uh, okay. final game was streamed by the Warrior Jacks games people. So well, if anybody wants that. Yeah, if anybody wants to watch me play a slightly better than mediocre game of War Machine with Gearheart, that's where you can find it. it that's cool not how the finals should be. Yeah, I played. I played what I feel was a decent game. I made some mistakes. We always make mistakes, and yeah. when a game is recorded and you watch it later. It makes it real easy to, you know, if you have a critical eye and you do this, to watch it and find the mistakes that you make and say, okay, here, I should have done this. And I'll try to remember right. that next time I'm in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. And I identified a handful of very clear, I should have done this uh, mistakes that I made in that game, which was helpful to me uh, to grow with that list and as yeah, a player. I think, I think watching stream games back for yourself is like a really good learning aid. Uh, absolutely. Definitely. It's like being a boxer and watching footage of your fights. Like the the fights where you get knocked out, they're, they're the most painful. You don't want to watch them, but you learn the <laughs> most, right? And then yeah. the fights where you win, it, it's it's difficult or it's more difficult, but you can still learn a lot. You just have to be really critical and not and compartmentalize the outcome. Yeah, don't be and like, separate that from the input. They, yeah. If you don't, it just becomes yeah. masturbatory. Which is yeah, exactly. Fun as the term is, but you know, it's not helpful. Yeah, not when you're watching yourself. It's a little different uh, when you're watching yeah. yourself. I don't know, and I have a hard time watching myself play, but I do it anyway when I have the opportunity because it's so valuable for growth. Yeah. I just yeah. see all the things I did wrong, and which is what you're looking for. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's it takes a certain amount of willpower. <laughs> to force yourself to do that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so I'm not going to talk about that game too much because it's it's streamed. Yeah, you, you can watch it. It was a very good game. Guys. Yeah. I just tell, just let us know what the pairing was there. So that was yeah, he played was that Gearheart Assyria already. Assyria, not Gorshade. That's interesting. Right. He played Assyria. 
And uh, here's a problem with like Silas, Hyperion, um, uh, Himera, one Trident, and then Unit Wardens, th- I think three Executioners, and then Double Ghost Snipers, yeah. um, Iris One, as Iris well, One, so she's got three deadly shot guns. And yes. Lenissa. And Lenissa. I assume Lenissa because she's in like every rat list. By the way, I, I thought you'd all just like to know that Privateer has managed to confuse Apple. As soon as I mention Assyria, my, Siri pops I, my iPhone pops up with Siri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a cool game. It's a, a bit of a different Assyria list. Um, it is. And the the differences from typical Assyrialists, he also had a Fane Knight Guardian, by the way. Yes. Uh, the differences make it a little bit better suited to fight into Ass Mountain. Because he has the three the three deadly shots or death bolts per turn. Yeah. And he has a shield guard, which is really helpful for mm-hmm. non forges Assyrialists to deal with getting your Trident Shadowbound. Right. It means they need to put both shots in the trident, and if I miss the first one, I don't get to shadow bind it. Which, yeah. spoiler alert, happens at game turn turn two. Oh, so, fun. Yeah. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give you. Uh, <laughs> so that people can watch it and enjoy watching me make subpar choices after uh, the dice don't go it to is, my way long, on that one as well, though. That's, you know, neither of you... Yeah. Um, so you, might, you might have made, like, little mistakes each of you perhaps but it didn't amount to, to like a railroad for the other the other player to no yeah it, like i said it was a very good game neither of us made any massive errors we both made mistakes as uh, we all do in every game of war machine yeah, but i felt like he played at a good level i felt like i played at a good level and it was a pretty good game of war machine um but yeah so with hyperion also because it has some decent range output and it's not the easiest thing to remove if he doesn't advance it into feet range, and the three death bolts per turn, it gives him a good ability to fight uh, turn-by-turn attrition game against my models that Assyria otherwise would lack yeah. with the gunshot she normally brings. Because a lot, like, if you have a trident, if you have tridents, those tridents do literally almost nothing to assault troopers and failed experiments that have D-cell and Force Aura. A trident rolls up, and it's, like, dice off... Um, 11 against an assault trooper with all those buffs yeah even with her feet it's like all right i do one or two damage here and there with those boosted damage gunshots and then against a failed experiment your dice off six with impervious flesh so if you don't boost you're doing literally zero damage and if you do boost maybe you do a few here and there right yeah yeah you're not taking it down oh well well, i'm gonna let you that'd be nice and quick exit because i can hear Little little feet scampering towards a child. Yeah, but um, but yeah, thanks very much for, for coming on, Brandon. It's uh, super nice to talk through your games, and I'll put a link to the Warjacks guys. They've got um, the the game up on YouTube, so people can watch it back. And uh, yeah, it's a really good. Yeah, thanks for having me I on. Super enjoyed it. Yeah, and, um, it was great yeah, having you on. Obviously, your your like is as as different as the time zone as we can get uh, in the states. So it's appreciated you making time for us. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'll. I'll, I'll Ask a couple more questions before we go, though. What's next for you? Are you um, like planning the next big con, and are you uh, in for Belgium in October? Right, I must remember it's October now. Yeah, right. First week of October, I think the eighth or the ninth. Uh, I spent spent some time thinking about it. I am going to apply for WTC uh, the USA to captain one of the teams. 
whether I'm selected as captain or not, no way of knowing. Uh, that That's yeah, the committee's okay. decision. We'll find out. Yeah. But I'll put my hat in the game, and we'll see. And if I'm not selected as a captain, I'll still hopefully find a team that wants a decent Crucible Guard player to join their team. Uh, and if, uh, if I make it onto a team, then I'll play. I have a good time going to WTC. It'll be cool to see uh, some of you people in Europe that I haven't seen in years at this point. Um, Belgium has some great dudes in it too. Really, really appreciated the welcome that we got from the local Belgian, some local Belgian players when we were there in 2019. It always takes me a while to think back mm. to the last time I was able to travel <laughs> out of the country. Um, yeah, so if I can, I'll go. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, and I'll look awesome. forward to it. Uh, fantastic. All right, well, I'm, I'm being... I've been summoned to be are snack you... bitch in midnight snacks <laughs> with the girl. Are you midnight but, snacking? <laughs> yeah, apparently she's now hungry. She's like, she's like full on, like I'm, I'm gonna see you through tonight now. But yeah, cool, awesome. <laughs> Thank you very, very much again, um, and then thanks to uh, everyone for joining us as usual, buddy. And uh, I will leave everyone with that. So, cheers, guys. Good night. Thanks for Great having me. Stephel. Bye. Thanks so much. Cheers.